Hey guys, welcome to Wrestling with Fetish. I'm here with yet another amazing guest uh, who I spent the whole day working with, collaborating with, shooting uh, with, creating content for both our, our websites. Uh, this is Mr. JB from CurvyGirlWrestling.com. Hi, thank you. Glad to have uh, be here. Yeah, Thanks. glad to have you here. Uh, it's always kind of exciting to have a male guest because we don't, I mean, I think it's like 95% <laughs> women on the podcast. Uh, in the past, we've had, I think, Rick from Femme Wrestling Rooms was a guy, my friend Slim, who's my, my kind of right-hand man, did a, an episode. Uh, and then another guy named, uh, oh, I forgot what he went by. I'm not going to say what, it, I forgot, I don't want to call him out by his real name. But he he went by a specific name, but he also did uh, a whole episode on like uh, male versus male wrestling and stuff like that. So uh, for those who do not know, you are a uh, currently running CurvyGirlWrestling.com. Yes. Correct. It's not Curvy Girls Wrestling. I figured that out because I was trying to type <laughs> it in. I'm like, what the fuck? It's just one Curvy Girl. One Curvy Girl. Wrestling. And uh, we want to kind of pick your brain about how you got started, your, your origin story, your, you know, villain hero stories. <laughs> like, um, what's, uh, uh, before, well, before we continue, for those who, who don't know, uh, the site basically celebrates female versus female wrestling, uh, also mixed wrestling. Uh, it leans to her girls who are curvy, you know, BBWs, but also you have a lot of girl next doors too. And yeah, um, initially when I first started it, it featured a lot more of the uh, the uh, BBWs, mm -hmm. uh, a lot more of the uh, curvier ladies, and I still do have a, a decent amount uh, of them. But as things uh, progressed, there were uh, some more, like you say, uh, not necessarily smaller girls, but just kind of. Girl Next Door mm -hmm. uh, uh, models that also ended up working with me. And uh, a lot of it, um, initially, a lot of it was femme-femme wrestling. Yeah. And um, when I first started, I would probably say it was like 60-40 femme-femme versus mixed. Uh, but last over the last two or three years, just my sales have changed. Yeah, And so now it's probably 80% mixed. And only like 20%. Yeah, and I feel like that's kind of how it goes across the board. You start off with a specific genre in mind, but then you start to, whether it's through customs or, or maybe different ideas that pop in your head that you get inspired to go in different directions and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing your stuff, I guess close to around when you were really kind of getting started. And I noticed that it was a lot of the bigger BBWs and... And I was very intrigued. I was like, this is a, you know, a, a new approach, which is something that you don't see a whole lot. Um, and, uh, and so I kind of just kept checking. I'm like, oh, this is, this is getting good. It's getting great. Uh, and then you've been, we started to work. I started to see you on your site a bit more. I'm like, oh, that is either the male talent that they're hiring or maybe this is the guy who runs it. I had no idea. I thought there was, you were some guy because you're in great shape. So I was like, <laughs> oh, you must have hired this guy like whatever city they work in. Uh, and then I think you contacted me and you were like, hey, I'm the guy who runs it. I'm like, oh, shit. All right. It's making sense in our heads. Um, and then we're going to get to I – I do want to get to how you and I collaborated and, and the, the kind of really cool stuff we got to shoot today. But uh, so before we do that, I do want to get the origin story. So what – A, uh, how did you get into wrestling? Uh, B, what kind of wrestling did you get into? And C, what prompted you to start your own company? All right. So um, kind of my, my – influence it's gonna go way way back but my my influence really comes from like the old uh batman 
television series with Adam West. Yes. Um, and, You're not alone. <laughs> and um, like the Wonder Woman uh, television series also. And uh, for whatever reason, watching the, watching the women beating up the men um, or beating up each other, that had a, a huge influence. Uh, so a lot of background. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think Catwoman didn't really fight a whole lot of guys. Right? She didn't fight a lot of guys. So mostly it was Batgirl. Mm. Um, and, uh, and then Wonder Woman uh, obviously was beating up a oh. lot of uh, men and occasionally would beat up, uh, would beat up women. Yeah. Too, um, too rare for my taste. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. And um, I think the other real big thing that happened, because I was a, a, also a pro wrestling fan, so WWE, uh, WWF before Back it became it was, WWE. Yeah. Back when it was uh, just pandas and chairs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, probably one of the biggest things, well, the two biggest things were uh, Glow, the original Glow series. Amen. Um, because that's just a full wrestling show with an all-female cast. Mm -hmm. And so... Again, if uh, that really uh, ended up sticking with me, and then the other really big uh, big influence was uh, the discovery of fetish wrestling. Mm -hmm. And um, I can remember I was just like reading a wrestling magazine, uh, just a regular pro wrestling magazine, and you get to the back, and all of a sudden there are all these ads yep. for. Uh, wrestling companies and catfight companies and stuff That's like that. That's how I discovered it. And I'm just like, whoa. Um, and then order your first video and and that was just hooked from, from there. I, I went through a similar thing. Those of you who have listened to my episode with Rick and also I think with, with the, the gentleman who we, we filmed uh, who was talking about male versus male wrestling. He was like an encyclopedia but we talked about like how that was I, would, I went to a store one day with a friend and I looked through some pro wrestling magazines and it was never like the, the mainstream pro wrestling magazines. It was like the offshoots, yeah. the ones that covered like the indies and yeah. then the back, it's like almost dirty. You're like, yeah. look at the back and it's like, I remember it was a shot of this wrestler named Candy who passed away unfortunately many years ago, but a beautiful wrestler, I got to meet her and she's just taking a punch to the stomach, this blonde girl out in California. She worked for Double Trouble, I think it was. Uh, but that was an advertisement for like different company, but just the shot of this girl in a bikini getting punched in the stomach and making this kind of like O face. And I'm just like, well, that's triggering some shit. Like, yeah. Um, and then I remember like, I think I stole the magazine because I was broke. <laughs> I was like fucking stuck it under my shirt yeah. and went home and I was like, and it's like, you know, order a catalog. And there was no internet back then. No internet. Know? Yep. And you're, you're a bit older than me. I am. Uh, or more evolved than me, I would say. Uh, so... Yeah, so it's funny. Your so your first taste of it was the magazine. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, mine was also that, and also like the LPWA, which was another big thing in yeah. the '80s in the ladies' professional wrestling, which was kind of the precursor to Glow. Yeah. They just weren't as glamorous. It Correct. was real women, you right. know, like like you had Alison Royal, and you had like the Beast and these big brawlers, and then the little tiny jobbers, and yeah. you know, and it was that's what got me going. I was like, women do this shit. Uh, so it started with the magazines. Uh, where did it go from there for you? Um, from the magazines, I started um, ordering videos mm. and, and watching Oh, Mr. Moneybags. Uh, <laughs> and um, videos back then, and $50 a pop. I know. They were $50 I a pop. fucking know. And you had no idea whether it was a good video or bad video because all you had was a description that was typed. Yep. Which was One many sentence. times exaggerated. <laughs> 
or one or two yeah. sentences total. And a picture. And one that was fucking it. photo, Jenna. Oh, and Jesus. yeah, you then had to hope that you didn't get your $50 wasted. Um, but through trial and error, you started kind of figuring out who were the legit companies, who were the not-so-legit companies, and also the more legit good companies, they just kind of stayed around and the others kind of fell off. So, you know, by the time you're getting into the 90s, there was only probably like five or six really major companies that were we're putting out that uh, that material they um i agree uh there was a company called or a website called Manserman. i think was his name i don't know if you remember him but he was brilliant like i don't know who he was god bless him but he basically did what you did he bought tons of these videos bought tons of these videos and i guess some of them were disappointments some of them were not and then one day he started a website where it's like hey how about you send me your videos and in exchange i'll rent mine out to you and then he would make copies of the ones that you would send him. And then that would be then he would have a collection that he could rent out to other people. So instead of paying $60 per video, you could pay like, you know, $19 and you could get the video for a week, send it back to him in a, a envelope that he would send. And you didn't have to feel like you just spent like $600 yeah. to be disappointed six times, yeah. you know. Um, and God bless that man. I think his, he probably passed away or something. <laughs> it's been a long time. Uh, we're both very evolved gentlemen who have been here for quite some time. Yeah. I can uh, say I'm old, and I, and I understand. I respect. <laughs> well, I just wrestled you today. So you definitely don't. You you don't. You wouldn't be able to tell uh, from from looking on the outside. But um, and so, where did it go from there? So you started to to uh, buy these videos. Was yeah. there any particular genre or style that kind of popped at you? And- um, it was uh, it was the it was Joan Wise, mm-hmm. um, Joan Wise uh, Jaguar videos. They were like um, bodybuilders, right? Uh, they they had actually a variety of girls, and they were like really the only company back then that had a variety of girls. Uh, most of the companies either had bodybuilders or they kind of had the very thin, Cat stereotypical fighters. kind of bikini model uh, type. But Joan Wise, she had smaller girls, she had medium-sized girls, she had BBWs. Um, right, okay. She was one of the... I'm thinking of L. Scott Sales, yeah. maybe, yeah. She was one of the, one of the, that company was one of the only companies that was producing a lot more erotic stuff. There was almost always face sitting endings. There was almost always nudity. There was, mm-hmm. uh, and towards, probably towards the middle, uh, middle towards the end of their run, uh, they started doing sex wrestling uh, videos and, and everything. Yeah, it reminds me of, so I'm trying to think of what I got into. I didn't know anything. I don't know what the fuck, who was who, but I started to get really into Double Trouble uh, because they introduced the idea of kind of cross-cutting and Mm cross-editing. I remember seeing a video where, I think I've mentioned this before, so please skip if you've heard it, Uh, but they would throw a girl into the corner and then you'd cut to the corner and you'd see the girl hit it. And I was like, oh, they're doing like actual, you know, editing. And that blew me away. And then you had girls like Francesca and Mia and, and you know, uh, Tanya Danielle later on. And uh, this roster that was like, I, I just knew them. I was like, yeah, I, her videos. Tina is amazing. You know, Francesca was my favorite. Yeah. You know, Mia was an amazing jobber. You had, uh, you know, I forgot who, man, uh, Diana Knight, you know, who's now one of my, my closest friends. Mm. Uh, Hollywood, you know, people yeah. like that. And Hollywood was from Glow. Mm. Um, but I was with you on that. I started with LPWA and then Glow became the thing. Because even though they didn't do as many, I didn't know I was into knockouts. 
But with Glow, I was like, oh, God, I wish they had more knock. Yeah. <laughs> but Double Trouble delivered on that. Yeah. Yeah. So so what besides um, John Wise, what else stuck with you? Um, let's see. Um, a woman who would shoot for Joan Wise but had her own uh, her own company was Nancy Novak. Sounds familiar. Um, and Nancy Novak, again, she she was a pioneer uh, at that time too because, again, she, um, not only did she do wrestling, but she did a lot more. She added a lot of fetish aspects to her wrestling. So she would have a wrestling match and then make her, make the loser opponent, you know, worship her feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, she did a lot more, again, sex wrestling type stuff. Uh, but yeah, she was, uh, she was another big sort of influence. Do you know who actually started the idea of custom videos? Because I, I remember talking to Hollywood about mm-hmm. it. My friend, Lady Victoria, she she came to me and she was like, hey, I have all these clips that I shot. What should I do with them? Mm-hmm. And like, I, they're just sitting there. And I, and I was like, you should probably sell them. Like, they're customs. But like, I'm th- I wish I knew. If, if you guys, if one of you is listening to this and you know who started the first customs, like, let me know. I would love, you can email me at imsleeperkid.yahoo.com. Let me know. Because I've always wondered who the genius was who came up with that business model because yeah. we wouldn't be here without that yeah. business model. Yeah. Um, sure. And I remember I was at a restaurant once and there was these two guys next to me. I've never told this story so you don't have to skip. But there was uh, there was two guys next to me who were younger kind of like on their laptops and stuff. And, and I just kind of went like, hey, what do you guys do for a living? Because, you know, they looked really like go-getters, like young. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, well, we work at this like advertising firm, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, oh, and I do marketing. And what do you do? And I was like, well, and I told them what I did. Ten minutes later, they're like jaws on the floor. They're like, wait, let me get this straight. Someone funds a project for you, sends the money to cover the cost of food, the girl's getting, you know, and then you only have to release one copy of that to them and the rest you can just release to the world for profit. And I thought about it and I was like, now that you mention it, yeah, that's what I do. And they're like, what an amazing fucking business model. Like, it just blew them away because they were working like out in vanilla world. Yeah. Uh, and we got lucky because someone yeah. out there thought, like, why don't we just let the fans script this shit? Yeah. Yeah. So whoever it was, whoever that was, man, let me buy you dinner one day <laughs> if you're still alive. <laughs> Definitely. Um, okay. So so what were the themes that started to emerge for you? I'm assuming uh, you like sex wrestling. Or, yeah. Or what is it? Were you more of a grappling or more of a scripted? Um, I'm more of a scripted and... Definitely like the more sort of uh, fantasy erotic aspect of wrestling. So um, I didn't really want to, I really don't want to see, you know, two people just fighting and struggling and, and, and hurting. I kind of more like it, um, like the way it is with Glow, where it's a lot more, you know, campy, campy and over the top reactions, even overacting. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what I, I love. You know, I love overacting. Big selling and, and stuff like that. And that's just really where I where everything just kind of gravitated to. I, I agree. Um, my, I started watching male wrestling uh, as a kid, you know, pro wrestling just in general. But I, you know, the old, old, like, went back when every state had its own GWA, Georgia, yeah, t- Tennessee had its own uh, federation. And the jobber guys would just sell the shit out of these moves, right. like really campy, over the top. Uh, and and then the LPWA did it to a degree as well, and that stuck with me. Um, did you find yourself uh, kind of leaning more towards 
PG are like do you feel like like the more erotic elements were had to be present or were you more into like the you know uh, for me yeah the erotic elements had to be be present and mm. I think that uh, again going back to to like Joan Wise um, she did have videos that were just like catfight mm. but the ones that I ended up buying were just ones that were catfight but they always had the big erotic ending. Um, and so that ended up influencing how I shoot because um, even if I shoot um, more PG stuff, there's going to be some sort of erotic fetish type ending mm-hmm. um, that's going to, to, to be there. That, okay, so that makes sense. Um, what else, what other, uh, uh, I, I could call them sub kinks, but really mm-hmm. they're just kinks. Uh, what other kinks started to, to pop out for you? Like, uh, Anything like bare feet, stockings, you know, belly punching, like knockouts. I, I noticed you do do a lot of KOs. Is that something that was requested for you to do or something that you like to do as well? Um, I like to do the KOs. I, I just, uh, again, I think that with, and of course they're all fake uh, KOs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I, I think with the KOs, it, it really almost is like the epitome of overacting. Uh, I mean, you just can oversell, you can drool, you can cross your eyes, you're... Um, and uh, with a lot of the, the people I work with, that's usually the most fun part of the, mm. the shoot is the, the overacting at the ending. Like when you tell a model, hey, I really want you to overact, they're just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Well, we've made a whole fucking website out of that yeah. style. <laughs> well, honestly, I guess you've, you've been, and, and this is something that I found out today. I'm not trying to call it out like I expect it, but you've been following my stuff since I started. Yeah. And you, you, there's a huge difference by how we, uh, from how we sold back then and how we sold now. Like uh, back then when I was wrestling people like Kari uh, and Alicia and even like, you know, Angelina, we were keeping it kind of brutal. We were trying to make it look like it's a real sleeper and you're doing like the, you know, almost like a slow descent into the sleeper, but not what we do now, which is very cartoonish yeah. in a good way. Yeah. Uh, it's very campy, but um, we our mixed wrestling back then was brutal. Like she would hit me for real. She's just like slamming into my stomach, and I thought, well, this is what they want to see, right? Yeah. Didn't occur to me that you could do the goofy, sweet version of it, like the innocent version of it. Yeah. But it's not as yeah. as brutal. Yeah. Um, what uh, what other kind of uh, sub kinks popped out for you? Like, is there? Um, did you start to kind of figure yourself out in terms of like, you know what? I, if I wrestled a woman, would I be more submissive? Would I be more dominant? I think I think um, one of the one of the sort of subgenres. Uh, I've always had a foot fetish, mm-hmm. and so um, I think every video that I've ever made, except for two, uh, the girls are either barefoot or wearing stockings sure. uh, or something like that. Um, I also have a huge um, sort of spandex fetish, so there's a lot of. Not every single one, but there's a lot of uh, matches where the girls are wearing shiny spandex. Uh, I'm a big thong leotard guy. Definitely a kink for me yeah. is the, the, the spandex. Yeah, I'm definitely, I have a uh, thong leotard because uh, that's, that's usually the outfit that the, the girls are wearing mm-hmm. uh, when we wrestle. And um, for myself, it's, it's kind of evolved where my attire has kind of gone to... The, the speedo, the the panties, you know that kind of yeah, somewhat uh, like a flimsy. cross-dressing yeah. kind of like humiliation yeah. kind of thing. Um, I guess uh, I don't know if I've talked about that on my side. I uh, on my side of, of the the tale, I, I I think yeah, I think from watching the pro wrestling as a kid, you kind of go like you remember when I watched my first match, 
and I got it. I didn't get sexually excited because I think I was too young, but I was like just viscerally excited where I was like, mm. wow, that guy just got beat up. Oh my God, how embarrassing it must be to be in a ring. Beat up in front of all those people. And I remember I snuck into my bedroom and stripped down to like underwear and I pretended to be the person who was getting his ass kicked. And I was like seven. Yeah. You know, but for me, the gear was a huge thing at that point. It's like, well, you're not a wrestler if you're not wearing like these little shortcut trunks or shortcut or like what they call square cuts yeah. or singlets or whatever. So I think that's where it started for me, where I just it had to be in that in some particular bikini cut outfit, you know. Um, and I think it adds to the to the to the submissive humiliation factor of it too. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're dominating a woman or or a man or whatever, and you're wearing like pink, like you know, skimpy briefs, it's even more humiliating for them. Yeah. They're they're getting you know pinned by a guy who's wearing something like this. Or that. There's so many little intricate. I don't know, I guess that little intricate scenarios you can set up yeah. that, are, that kind of feed into, you know. Yeah, definitely different levels that can be sort of uh, picked out because, um, again, I lose uh, almost lot. all of my matches. <laughs> um, and I said JB was like, it must be sure for Jobber Boy. Yeah. He used to like, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but... Probably last, over the last couple of years, I kind of went with this whole pink outfit. Uh, so you kind of know pink trunks, it. yeah, pink trunks, uh, pink knee pads, and um, that ties into that jobber uh, persona because I do get contacted a lot about how you know from fans who are just like, oh, I love that you're in the pink and and uh, and things like that. I just think that it. I get a lot of pink requests. I guess a lot of white people mm -hmm. love me in white. I don't know if it's just the virginal color or it's like your innocent uh, yellow, baby blue. Uh, they very rarely do I get asked to wear black. It's always a very flamboyant neon yeah. kind of color. And you have the neon pink yeah. that like, people seem to really like. Um, and yeah, and I think that's what a lot of, and, and here's the thing that's so interesting. A lot of boys growing up will watch these videos or watch, not videos, but they'll watch pro wrestling on TV. And I think in the back of their heads, they might even have some triggers for future kinks that some of them don't get really, you know, turned on until way later. I've had guys now, I, I for those who don't know, even though I'm sure most of you, I do male versus male wrestling because it's fun and it's been selling really well for me. But there's guys who have messaged me going like, yo, I, I'm straight, but I love watching you get your ass kicked. And I'm like, that's normal. Like you're, you're... You're seeing a part of yourself in me, you know, that maybe you want to try someday. Like, wouldn't it be awesome to be dominated by somebody? Not that you want to have sex with that person. Right. But you're okay with a male heel destroying you just as much as you are with a female heel destroying yeah. you, you know? Yeah, I think that, uh, I think there's a lot of people who would like to explore their submissive side. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that they're a submissive person. It doesn't mean that they want to be necessarily dominated all the time yeah. but maybe want to dip their toe in the water to kind of see what it would be like um, and to say yeah you know what I think the idea of, of getting fake beat up by a girl or another or guy, guy yeah. uh, that is kind of hot yeah. you know there's been guys who I've done sessions with, private sessions where they're like I have a wife like, but I really like the idea of being beat up by a, a guy um, and, uh, you know, I'm like, well, you know, tell me why, like, why does it have to be a guy or like, I don't know, like I've, I've had sessions with women and, you know, maybe I didn't trust them enough to like do this move and that move. And since I know that you're, you're trained to do this and that, I feel more comfortable or more safe, but there's guys who obviously will be completely submitted just to women. Yeah. Um, and it's because I think the loss of control is like a mental vacation. 
You know, it's just like today we did a match where you beat me up, and mm -hmm. I was like, "This is amazing! I don't, I can just lay here and fucking sell it. I don't have to sit there and you know pick you up and slam you down and do all this stuff." And and to, to people who work in like really corporate or even any job where they're in, they're constantly in control, losing that control is like a huge vacation. It's yeah, like I get to like you know. If there's a cop or a sergeant in the military, yeah. you know, a lot of those guys mm. will come to these private dominatrices yeah. to get spanked or ridiculed or whatever yeah. the fuck it is. Yeah, I dated a I dated a dom in my past life, and uh, that was one of the things she told me. She said that um, a lot of her clients were kind of real aggressive, go-getter, you know, CEOs, doctors, lawyers, um, et cetera, and they went to her to finally be able to give up control for a period of time because yep. they needed that uh, as their you know catharsis. Yes, and and, uh, and so and I don't want to lose track. I want to stay on that track because I do want to kind of hmm. explore the the origin uh, or I guess the evolution of your your kinks. But what since it's uh, sometimes separate from the wrestling stuff, what started the foot fetish for you? Um. The foot fetish, I don't know. <laughs> um, it just, just, it just happened. One, yeah, just one day. I, you know, how, how young were you when you first realized that you? Oh, jeez, I was probably. Like, don't feel bad. I, yeah. I, like I said, I had my first wrestling experience when I was like seven. I was yeah. like, holy shit, this is great. It was probably like twelve years old or something like that. Was um, it just like at a beach or something? And you're like, oh, bare um, feet. It was, it was probably like, again, this is going to date my age. It was probably like the, the Sears catalog. Oh, that's not that bad. Yeah. I mean, maybe it Something is. Something like I, that. I remember the Sears catalog. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, okay, so they were like modeling like, yeah. like what, like flip-flops or yeah. bracelets or stuff like that? Or leotards or leggings. Uh, stirrup pants were big back then. So, you know, things like that. I'm always fascinated by the foot stuff because I never developed a foot fetish, but it's so common now. Like, yeah. I think out of all the fetishes out there, the, the one that's even pops up in a lot of mainstream films is, is yeah. feet. They, uh, Quentin Tarantino has made a whole business out yeah. of it. They say scientifically, uh, they think the reason why there's a foot fetish is because uh, part of the brain that is sensory for feet is right next to the part of the brain that is sensory to your genitals. Interesting. And they think that in some people those uh, pathways cross, and so that thing, that's why they think that there may be a a role. But would in you feel? Fetish. But would, would that and wouldn't that make it more like the person that, that likes to have their feet touched would be m feeling more of that as opposed uh, to someone who just wants to see or touch feet? Yeah, but if you think if um, if you think about if if I'm looking at feet and some of those pathways end up going to my genitals and starts giving me sensations of arousal. Yeah. You know. And again, this is purely a theory. No, <laughs> no, yeah, no. I mean, I, I, like I said, there's people who do that with belly punching. Yeah. You know, I've, I've met women who, uh, I, I once did some, some role play with a, with a, I guess we were kind of dating it. We were just kind of playing. But she wanted to get blindfolded and wanted me to just punch to the belly mm -hmm. without her seeing it coming. And she liked the idea of like the impact play, mm -hmm. but with now, without having to flex her stomach, she liked to really feel, and I couldn't wrap my head around it because yeah. if someone punched me in the stomach and I didn't see it coming, I'd mm -hmm. be like on the ground trying not to throw up, yeah. but she was just in heaven, yeah. you know? So I feel like what you're saying is right. A lot of people get the, the signals crossed. It's like the guys who are into 
ball busting. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, not for me. Yeah. But I would love to pick your brain as to why this works for you. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. You don't remember the, the root cause of the feet. No. Wow. Okay. Um, that's that's great. I, I guess that could happen. I guess maybe if it happens, something happens even during a, a developmental stage where you yeah. don't even remember it. Yeah. You could have been like four or five and you, you saw something. Yeah, it could be. Uh, okay, well, shit, let's continue. Uh, mm-hmm. This is this is really fascinating. So, okay, so you're a teenager. You uh, got the magazines. You ordered some videos. You're getting into to Joan Wise, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Nancy Novak. Yeah. Uh, wh- where did it go from there? Did you... Uh, uh, it uh, it went to sessions. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So then I started, you know, uh, started doing sessions. Uh, and, you know, I've tried to remember. I mean, I probably did back then. I probably did you know, 30 or 40, uh, sessions. Who are your favorite, uh, who are your favorite session people? Uh, I'm sure they'll, they'll be okay if you name them, you're I'm giving trying. them some praise. <laughs> um, it's nobody who is in the business now, mm. uh, anymore, uh, except one, um, Shelly, the Burbank, Burbank bomber, bomber. Yeah. Who's still around and she still wrestles. Oh, she is. She's been in the biz yeah, for a she's while. she's been in the biz for a while. Is she like she, in her 50s now, maybe? I think she's in her 60s. 60s? God bless her. Good job, girl. Yeah, I think she's still producing uh, content. Um, well, the fetish business is one of those, like, that's the great thing about fetish. Yeah. You don't really age out. Yeah. What you do is you just kind of evolve into a different bracket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I, I'm going to, I can't wait till people, like, be like, oh my God, Sleeper Kids in his salt and pepper phase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is he balding? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Are so. his balls touching his knees? <laughs> Can we get sleeperknees.com? Sleeper knees. There you go. <laughs> um, uh, Shelly, Shelly's great. I remember seeing her stuff when I was younger and going like, that's a heel right there. Yeah. Holy shit. Her boobs could cover like three people yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Um, did you ever uh, wrestle Christy Etzel? I did. She's uh, still doing it. Yeah, she's still doing it. Uh, she's one of my favorite people. So yeah, not only did I <laughs> wrestle her in sessions, and then I've I've shot with her. Uh, she's amazing as a producer. Yeah, and she's she is great. Um, she's one of my favorites. She literally lights up a cathedral when she walks yeah. in. You're just yeah. like, how are you smiling mm-hmm. this much? I remember one day she was telling me her mother was sick. We're at a restaurant. She's telling me the story. And she has this smile. My mom's not doing too well. <laughs> Big smile. Yeah. But, you know, it's okay. It's okay. She's uh, We're having such a good time hanging out. Yeah. And I'm like, how did you just turn that frown upside yeah. down? She's so beautiful. I love you, Christy, if you're listening to this. But, uh, okay, so so what did you start to explore and expand uh, in your, I guess, uh, in your, your wrestling uh, uh, menagerie when you were doing... Um, Sessions, like what did you, what kind of sessions would you do? Uh, when we were doing sessions, looking back at it now, we were just, it was pure fantasy wrestling. Uh, we would just make up these scenarios and, you know, they would beat me up, but it was always just very light and campy and, um, oh, you know, very, yeah. very similar. Yeah, and they did love that just because they didn't have to. Grapple. They didn't have to grapple. They didn't have to exert themselves, and um, they had. They've told me they had way more fun shooting, or not shooting, but uh, doing a session like that than having to do semi comp yeah. and, and 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 all of that. And so we would have, you know, we'd have just these huge fun times. Uh, and I had one guy who just wanted me to 
just put him in scissors for 30 minutes. Yeah. And then the other 30 minutes, he just wanted me to like just talk to him about wrestling. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, am I getting paid for this yeah. though? Yeah. Um, so, okay. So you started to really kind of expand your, your campy yeah. uh, side yeah. of things. Uh, were you always the jobber in those situations? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Never would win. Because that's, again, part of my kink was just... Um, you know, the humiliation of, of losing to a woman, you know, that male superiority and you, Bullshit, I come, yeah. come in as the chauvinist, <laughs> you know, I come in as the chauvinist pig and then they, they beat me up and, and yeah. Humiliate and, and you. Humiliate you. And yeah. I that's think that's probably across the board from the women I've spoken to, like the favorite sessions where I just yeah. like, oh, I got to treat this guy like a little bitch. Um, especially for the women who don't want to hurt people for real. Right, They're just right. like, oh, I got to fake you know, humiliate. Fake humiliate, exactly. Um, well, that's fantastic. So uh, uh, I feel like we're talking like in an AOL chat room <laughs> with some of these questions, but um, what were some of your favorite moves to be used on you? Because um, that's always a big thing for some of the, yeah. some, some people. For, probably for me, it was a lot of the, a lot of the smothering moves, you know, so a so lot of stuff sitting. you would see, the face sitting, the breast smothers, um, there was always going because I have a foot fetish. There was always going to be some sort of foot smother and foot worship aspect, uh, you know, to it also. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and were knockouts always a big thing, or or you were kind of split down the middle with submission style moves versus KOs? Or? Yeah, I was probably more with the submission style moves. Um, I think the KOs came a little bit further down down the line, mm -hmm. more when I became a producer. Okay, that's interesting. Um, yeah, because I'm thinking about like the old Batman shows. They, the yeah. guys really, well, some of them got knocked out, I guess. Oh, yeah. But yeah. for the most part, they just get thrown around yeah. or whatever. Um, and uh, and so before I, we get to the point where we talk about you starting your own company, um, let's go back again, wind the clock back. Mm -hmm. where, where were your roots or triggers for the male versus male wrestling, which, which you're into? Um, male versus male wrestling is a lot more specific. It mm. came from, it came from, uh, WWF. Okay. Um, and it was handicap matches. So two V one, two V one. And they would always bring out these two jobbers to wrestle King Kong Bundy. King Kong Bundy, my boy, big John stud. You that know, was my dream cetera. opponent when I was a kid. Yeah. And <laughs> like, Watching the two jobbers get like just destroyed. Wrecked. My um, favorite was always the corner. Yeah, like tossing the corner, doing the avalanche splash, yeah. and they would always. Well, some of them would. Uh, the good jobbers would like oversell the shit. Yeah. Like, like come out with like eyes rolled back yeah. and like doing the stumbly like yeah. Ric Flair walk. Yeah, I would be like, I want to be one of those yeah. two. <laughs> and and so for the male male, that was really. Was really what it was for me. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, that's badass. Okay. Uh, for those who don't know, which why would you? Uh, we actually shot a match today where you and I were the two jobbers. Yes. And my my lovely girlfriend Faith beat the shit out of us, which was a lot of fun. To just like I don't get to really just sit there and take it. You know, yeah. I, I'm usually it's sleeper kid. He's gonna win. Um, uh, but now that I came up with the Danny the jobber persona, mm -hmm. it's been great because now I get to you know maybe twenty percent of the time and I get to lose a little yeah. bit more. And it was great mm -hmm. to to lose as your tag partner. Um, where did that evolve from there? Did you ever try wrestling friends or did you just kind of like meet people online or? Uh, it was only just sessions. And, okay. um, and I didn't really, I didn't really explore the male male aspect of, um, of wrestling 
in terms of fetish or anything like that mm-hmm. until I, I became a producer and was asked to do some uh, male male wrestling custom content. Yeah, and so did it. So you never really experimented until you actually shot it professionally. Correct. And what appealed to you about it? Was it just kind of like that callback to when you were younger, watching that stuff on TV? or I think when, uh, when, someone, when I was asked, hey, can you do this male-male match uh, for me? Uh, and when you sent me the script, it was fairly erotic. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yeah, this kind of this intrigues me. Interesting. Um, so I, was, I didn't really hesitate to say, yeah, I'll do it. That's great. And, um, and when I shot it, it was... It was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, yeah, I can, I got no problem doing, you know, male, male wrestling. And I've, I've even said if, you know, if, if my sales changed to a point where it was just, well, we just want you to, all, male, to male. go all male, male, I'm like, I'm fine with yeah, that. Yeah, why not? I don't have a problem at all. Okay, so you and I differ there because, like, with me, it was something that I, I wanted to do when I was younger. And I had some male friends that we would wrestle around, but it never became, it was, and, and it never really has become sexual. Like, I guess sensual to a degree with some content um, where it's like, oh, someone's grinding against the loser, or you got the touching over the suit kind mm-hmm. of thing. But I never really got into the idea of, like, all right, you get pinned, I'm going to suck your dick, yeah. or I'm going to make it suck my dick, or I'm going to stick it in your butthole. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? That's all well and good. Uh, I just never had those urges. And, and I spent so many months kind of... Because I knew from friends who were mm-hmm. uh, LGBTQ mm-hmm. and also gay positive. Mm-hmm. And people were just like, you know, if you do like that stuff, it's okay. Yeah. And I'm like, I know. I know that it is. So I'm sitting there trying to figure it out in my head. I remember we went to a party and I did ecstasy mm-hmm. with some other guys and other girls. And I was like, okay. All right. Well, ecstasy is supposed to be like bring, bring you, bring everything out of you. That's that's the inner you. Mm-hmm. If this happens tonight, you know, like what if I find someone attractive and I'll confess mm-hmm. that to them who's also a guy, and it never really worked that way. Like mm-hmm. I never wanted to have sexual contact with a guy. But if you have the right male who is doing some uh, some some really damn good role play, it can be really exciting. Yeah. You know. Um, and it's the same way. It's like, and I feel like if it's a bigger guy. I feel more comfortable getting picked up, slammed. Like I feel like I'm not gonna. If it's a you know 90 pound model or even a 110 pound model, and she's being asked to slam me around, she might be like, oh, I can't fucking do this. He's like 160 pounds. Mm. So, um, so for me, it was more like I had to battle with that my whole life, and I didn't really bring it out into my website till very recently. Whereas you just kind of got a request, and you were like, Oh, yeah, I'll try it. Yeah, and it came out to be something you liked. Yeah. That's pretty fucking. I wish I had it that smooth. <laughs> um, I just I, I I started doing private matches with with guys and and with with girls that I was dating and stuff like that. Um, and I was like, I really like the male versus male stuff, but I never thought to capitalize on it till recently when yeah. I started doing Danny. And I was like, shit, this is a lot of fun. And you made it today was great. Like I had a blast. Um, and I think you guys are gonna really like the content. But uh, uh, going back to, to the evolution, so now you have, uh, you know, you've done sessions, mm-hmm. you've, you've, uh, you've kind of, you know, figured out, or not figured out, but you're feeling your kinks and you're, yeah. you're going, so what prompted you to start your own company? Um, it's really weird, but um, it ended up being um, that I ordered I ordered a couple of custom. So I ordered a custom from someone. I'm not going to mention their name because they're still of in course, the business. Of course. Um, 
I ordered a custom from somebody and it was a horrible experience. Oh, no. Um, basically, I had asked for a certain set of moves, certain set of attire, uh, etc., and they changed the entire script. Shit. And didn't produce anything that I really wanted. And then on top of that, they never gave me the copy. Like, they gave me a link and I watched it once on a link, but I couldn't, it was a link that couldn't be downloaded. They fucking streamed it? Yeah. And it was like, boom. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm mad for yeah. you. <laughs> and then, Fuck. Uh, <laughs> and then the second time I, I had uh, written a producer and I said, Hey, you know, I'd like to do a custom and I'd like to do this, 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 and this. Uh, and the custom included some foot worship. And the producer was like, uh, no, I don't do that. Um, and literally like a month later, that producer made my video. What? Like just took my idea that I had and it was the exact same thing I mean, he did I, in the video. I guess you got it for cheaper if you use direct, or if you, <laughs> order, if you order it direct from his website, yeah. like, I just got my $300 cause yeah. for 29 bucks. So between those two, I was just like, you know what? Maybe I should just try to make my own videos and uh, I was alright well let's get started I had a, I had one of the girls that worked with me initially uh, she saw that I was she saw my fan site mm. and she was like why don't you shoot your own stuff and she and I were kind of seeing each other at the time and she she would be like having like romantic time together and she's like well let's do some wrestling see how we do and that would of course get very sexual mm -hmm. but she was so good at it mm -hmm. that I was like okay what if you popped into these videos let's come up with something let's do it and so i remember i went to go train i went to to go to a pro school and i taught her and and it was different for me because i wasn't back then i didn't know what customs were hmm. you know i just kind of knew the concept of it yeah but the first few videos i shot they were not customs but i i just kind of we shot what we thought people would like so she and i would wrestle for literally 60 minutes on comforters but really going into each other because she liked rough stuff so i was like you know sleeper holds and she would pick me and stuff and uh, and it ended up being something that I was like, shit, there's so many different storylines you can come up with. And I feel like your stuff is, is definitely, um, you're definitely coming up with some really interesting stories. I, I, I do like the handicap stuff you do with the girls. I think we talked about that earlier. Yeah. Where it's like your, your attack partner is a woman and there's another more powerful woman who defeats the both of you. And, and there's something really cool about that. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's taboo. To yeah, agree, mixed handicaps. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's a no one else really has tapped into it. Um, is that something that you mm. planned on doing right when you started the website, or did it just kind of evolve through customs? That was actually something I planned from the beginning because um, a lot of what I produce is just ideas, my own ideas. They're mm -hmm. like my own fantasies, um, etc. And my biggest fantasy would be me and my and a female partner. Uh, female significant other getting destroyed just getting absolutely destroyed by a female heel um, and and because again especially like you said in these handicap matches there's a lot of positions that the jobbers are in that are very erotic mm -hmm. um, and so yeah that's kind of where it, it came from yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's one of my sub kinks is the whole body pile thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look on yeah. Super Kids World or even like, you know, do a search for us, you'll see tons of like stacked up yeah. bodies and stuff like that. Because uh, there is something humiliating and, and kind of almost artistically beautiful mm -hmm. about like, you know, three people in a pile or four yeah. people or in our case, you know, eight or nine, yeah. ten people. <laughs> um, I don't know what 
possessed me to pay that much to do those <laughs> customs back then, but I was or to do those videos. I'm like, hey guys, let's go downstairs and do ten girls. Oh yeah, you got to pay us each this much. Sure, <laughs> well, I've got that money somewhere up my ass. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah. So, um, where did, so you started off doing, wanting to do a certain kind of, of wrestling, which was, mm. how would you categorize what you wanted to start versus how you ended? Okay. Cause right now your stuff now has definitely evolved. Yeah. When, when I first started, I really wanted it to be, um, erotic wrestling. Um, so just I've, very sensual erotic wrestling. I've, yeah. Um, but when you're first starting out in the business, it's not easy to get talent as an unknown producer. It's oh, not yeah, easy yeah, yeah. to get talent to begin with, let alone to get talent and say, hey, I want you to do this topless. I want you to do this naked. I want you to do all of this erotic stuff with me. Sure. You know, an unknown producer. And Dude, it so, took me 20 years. Yeah. It took me 20 years to even think about that. And we got a customer request. Uh, I forgot who the first person was that I did it with. It might have been Faith. Mm -hmm. Faith was, uh, she and I were dating, and no, well, maybe my ex-wife too. We did a, a scene for a company, but it wasn't my company. It was it was a company called Bluestone, I think. And they wanted us to do like a make-out scene. I was like nervous. And I was like, oh my God, it's just porn. And like, I was, my Catholic boy came out of my head. But with Faith, I got a request to do a thing where it was like, you guys are lovers who also like to beat each other up. And it came out so good, mm -hmm. and there was the chemistry was there. The, the, it was shot beautifully, and everyone kept going, "Well, haven't you done this before?" And it was because I just I never thought yeah. that it was a thing you could do, yeah. you know. And you you were like, "I want to start doing that," but right. fuck, it's not easy. <laughs> but it, was, it just wasn't easy. Um, so it took a long time uh, before I started um, trying to shoot the the more erotic stuff. And mm -hmm. I think that um, what actually ended up helping me. Um, was I shot a bunch of erotic wrestling videos for another producer um, back oh. in about 2020. So commission stuff. Um, it was it was kind of a weird trade. Um, I would. Did he end up being able to sell the content? Oh, or? he sold tons of it. Oh, okay. Um, but I would shoot these erotic wrestling matches for his company, and in turn, I got to use his ring. For oh, free. cool. Right. Um, so it was. It was oh, a, it I know was a who good you're talking trade. about. Yeah, is and, it in uh, Chicago? Yeah, yeah, I know who you are. Exactly. <laughs> and um, nothing wrong with these guys, though. I mean, but yeah, like, or I mean, maybe there is now that I'm looking at your face. But um, <laughs> but I ended up getting really well known, uh, and because you were working for his company, right? Because I was shooting all those for for mm -hmm. him, and so then I people kind of accepted me doing. Uh, erotic wrestling and so then I was able to kind of make that transition to start producing more erotic wrestling content and uh, and it's it's taken off interesting so because you did it for this other company then other models saw you and they were like oh I've seen you work for so-and-so yeah. um, and I'm okay with doing this and yeah. this and okay and same thing and customers were like oh well he does erotic wrestling hey you know can I kind of like his stuff, so. I, because we were so PG for the longest time, when I first started doing anything that was sensual, I mean, you could hear people's brains pop, because they were like, what, sleeper kid? Like, no, mm -hmm. he's, he's, he's sleeper kid. Like, he's, he's the baby face. He's mm -hmm. the guy who just sits there and just has fun with the girls. And then I shot the thing with Faith, and people were like, it, it was weird, and it was weird for me, because people started to see me as suddenly, oh, you're a sexual 
person. You're someone who has sex. Mm -hmm. Where for the longest time, I was just this guy who did campy shit. Mm -hmm. And when they saw me with Faith and they saw me doing some stuff with, uh, you know, like Josie and I did a, a sensual custom, me and Sage uh, um, Pilar, who's fucking amazing. Uh, we started doing sensual stuff and um, people then just, I don't know, they, they created this whole category in their head. We're like, oh, now I can hire you to do this, this, and this. Or do you mind if like, you know, you do some boob grabbing or some like, you know, um, crotch stuff or whatever. And it was also, and the thing is, and this is something I'm sure you can attest to, it's not easy. No. It's not easy to do sensual stuff. Because if you're somebody who doesn't have a sensual bone in your body, then it's fucking impossible. Yeah. And you have to be, you have to have that energy to be able to exchange that with another woman. Did you find that difficult the first few times you tried it? Um, I was fortunate um, because erotic wrestling is my kink. And so I'm doing something that You're just familiar I'm familiar with that would naturally um, arouse me. Um, Etc. But you have to have charisma too. You do, and you have to have chemistry. And I was just really lucky that the first few ladies I worked with, we had amazing chemistry. Good. Um, and like even first time, never met each other until the day we're shooting, and um, we had um, this is with uh, uh, Trisha Black. Nice. And we had this amazing chemistry together. Uh, like, we had, like we had been working together for years, not only our wrestling chemistry, but just, you know, just, just personal chemistry. chemistry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, that's the way it was with, with me and Faith. I, I, um, uh, it's always with good people too. Uh, my friend Paisley and I did mm -hmm. a sensual custom where it was like so easy, so easy. My friend Serena, uh, who I've known since the beginnings of mm -hmm. the website we we did it and she was nervous at first and i was too because i was like i don't know if this is gonna be weird but there was this natural flow of energy um and not everyone has that you yeah. know I've, I've seen people on oh my god i had one friend of mine i can't name her i love you but i can't name you she did her, uh, a lesbian scene for us and she was shaking she was like trying to be like oh i'm gonna caress this girl but she literally like are you cold yeah. do you want me to turn on the heat yeah. she's like i'm just really nervous and so i had to modify the script and be like, okay, we're gonna take all the sensual elements out of it, but you have to have that connection. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, the fans don't believe it. You know, it's like porn. You yeah. know, if, if if someone on on a porn in a porn video has, has chemistry, it makes it's it's it makes the biggest difference. Yeah, in the, world. the audience can see that. Um, well, that's great because like you, that's an that's not that it's an untapped market. There's a lot of sex wrestling out there, but mixing it with what we do, where it's more the campy, over the top, you know. We're not really because you have companies like Matt Rock and you mm. have you know Ultimate Surrender where like you know you really are pounding away at these women, um, and it's visceral sex. But if you're trying to be do it during a very campy situation, it's not easy. Yeah. So, kudos to you <laughs> for it. doing it correctly, uh, or doing it I guess in a way where people resonate with it. Um, where um, are there any other kind of like sub kinks that have emerged since you started the company that you've discovered along the way? Um, trying to think. Example for me, uh, my friend Tracy Jordan, love her to death. She told me, she's like, I didn't know I liked spandex until I started my company. Someone asked me to wear a whole head to toe bat, Batgirl suit and she was like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> so like, is there anything that emerged through customs or, or through shooting that you're like, whoa, this is a new kink? No, I think, um, I think that what I produce right now, I think reflects 
probably eighty to ninety percent of of my kinks. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that that's what I produce now is probably a better representation of what I'm into than my earlier stuff. What was your comfort level in terms of? Obviously, there's a taboo with doing male versus male stuff. Mm Uh, there's a taboo with doing any sort of kink. Yeah. Um, did you ever worry about your day job? Or like that someone was going to discover and be like, oh, this guy's doing gay porn or he's doing, you um, know, girl, girl, boy stuff. I'm not. But the the only reason that I'm not is um, I already have it in my head that I could get discovered and I could lose my job. Mm-hmm. And I kind of start planning contingencies around the fact that this could happen because in real life we all know you're a badass bounty hunter who takes uh, bad <laughs> exactly. guys. yeah bad bad guys from bolivia exactly that's, that's what you do exactly so bolivia bounty hunters, <laughs> leave <them> alone please <laughs> but um but where i work um my boss so i i live in the uh in the chicago suburbs um my boss i'm gonna bleep that out mm-hmm. <laughs> the boom suburb my uh, my boss uh, is in California. Okay. And my boss never comes to the office. And so I'm kind of just, I'm running the office by myself without him really bothering me. And so there's not really a lot of, I mean, obviously there could be an interaction where maybe he looks me up, but it's going to be... It's, it's not going to be easy for him to find that I, feel I shoot like, yeah, wrestling in the world, videos. In the world of remote work, that's got to be a lot harder for yeah. someone to even care enough to yeah. be like, "Well, let me find out yeah. what so and so is up to in his past, in his previous, or sometimes not previous life, in his in his in his uh, private life." Yeah. Uh, back when I used to work in the private sector, I guess, or whatever you want to call it, I just took a Ghostbusters lineup, worked in the private sector. Uh, yeah, your boss could could you know look you up or find out what you're doing. And mm-hmm. I th- I know recently, like in the early 2000s, people were literally like, well, if you want to work for us, you have to give us your Facebook handle. Yeah. Or you have to give us your your Twitter mm-hmm. handle, which is so stupid. Yeah. But nowadays that everything's so remote, yeah, I don't think people really. I think as yeah. long as you're doing a good job, they don't really give yeah. a fuck what you do. Yeah, and I think that's the other aspect is um, I'm in a position in my vanilla work that if if I got fired um things would fall apart really fast um and so it's one of those situations where uh, my boss may be more dependent on me than you are on him than i am on him although i'm not going to do anything to jeopardize (laughs) my employment did did that ever keep you up at night uh yeah it does keeps me up a lot well i mean Uh, you've been at it for a while though uh yeah i've been doing this over 10 years yeah so at some point does it feel easier did it feel easier to go like okay maybe I shouldn't be thinking about this every night um, I'm I'm at a point where I don't think about it as often mm-hmm. um, every once in a while it comes up to, it comes up to me but uh, most of the time I'm kind of okay I would I would advise that that's a great way to to kind of proceed because I like I told you earlier we were having a private conversation mm-hmm. but I was like I first ten years that I did this mm-hmm. I was expecting the IRS to show up at yeah. my door every morning with a cease and desist yeah. letter or whatever or they just sent a raven yeah. that said like dude the jig is up like you got to go back and work a real job because yeah. I felt like I was cheating the system even yeah. though I was paying taxes yeah. and I was um, but after like the first ten years I'm like oh maybe I shouldn't sleep with one eye open yeah you yeah. know. And I would tell if anyone wanted to 
be a, start their own production company to be a producer, you definitely have to go in just assuming that you're going to be discovered. <laughs> uh, because if you go in assuming that you're going to be discovered and you're not, hey, that's a bonus. Sure. But if you assume that you are going to be discovered and you have a contingency plan, then it's, you know. Expect the worst, hope for yeah, the best. Exactly. Interesting. I I think the, the last um, the last obstacle for me was my parents mm. because they were old school Catholic, mm -hmm. but they're also very liberal in terms of they love everybody. Mm -hmm. My parents are amazing people. They 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 love gay people. They love people of all races and colors. And mm -hmm. they were not your typical Christian Catholic slash whatever the fuck where they were just like, oh, we're hypocrites. Mm -hmm. No, they were just like, oh, Jesus taught us to love everybody, so we're going to love everybody, regardless of nationality or, or gender or sexual preference. You know, my mom's best friends were gay. I remember I grew up when I was a kid uh, having to do a social studies project where you have to do like the poster boards. Mm -hmm. And she had a party that night a dinner party with tons of gay men. And I'm in the living room, this like, you know, 10 year old boy trying to come up with this little poster board. And they just came in. They're like, yeah, that is terrible. We're going to help you fix that up. We're going to spruce it up with some paint. And I think I had the most fucking amazing poster board presentation the next day. Cause I, I was around these beautiful gay men who were so sweet. And, um, but still my mother was very like, you know, like, well, uh, you're not doing porn, are you? You know, and I'm like, mom, I'm not doing, well, what do you consider porn? <laughs> my mom was like, you know, you're not fucking people on camera, right? I'm like, mm, no, no, actually, you know what? I'm not, I'm not. I'm not going to tell you what I am doing on camera, mm -hmm. that I'm not. Uh, and then my father was more of the old school Latino where he's like, between you and me, high five. Because <laughs> he would come over and there'd be like beautiful women all yeah. over the house at, at all times. My father would come over and be like six or seven beautiful women. And my father's old school. He, he grew up in a village in Colombia. It wasn't mm. beautiful women always around someone's house. So he would see that on TV. So to him, like, I was living, I was a Hugh Hefner. Yeah. And I was like, no, these are my friends. Oh, yeah, sure, son. I'm like, no, 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 Dad, we're not having orgies. <laughs> Please. He's like, yeah, no, your secret's mm -hmm. safe for me. Like, no, I'm not. <laughs> like, so did you ever have any strife with family? Or, or was it something that you, you know, you know, aunts, uncles, sisters, brothers, mm -hmm. cousins, like someone finding you online accidentally or something like that? Uh, no, but I mean, believe it or not, I haven't told my family. Um, but. No, haven't been discovered. Fantastic. Yeah. Do you do you have a pretty conservative family or more liberal or? Um, conservative. Okay. Uh, not, not deeply conservative, but definitely more towards the the right than than towards the left. Yeah. Were you were you raised kind of that way too? Like, uh, is it more of a uh, like a, a religious kind of conservative? Uh, yeah, more of a religious. Um, Baptist. Religious conservative. Catholic. Um, I, I grew up yeah. religious too, so I'm, I'm kind of trying to figure yeah. out. It was, I'm... um, um, congregationalist. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, not really any issues. Are your parents still, still, still with us? Um, uh, my dad is. Okay. Yeah. And how, how's your relationship with him? Like, is... uh, good. I think, uh, you he know, has it's, no idea that you do. <laughs> it's, uh, you didn't get the high fives like I did. Nah, no high fives. Uh, <laughs> Son, it's, really it's, good beatdown you took from uh, exactly from fucking Bella Inc. Yeah. the other day. Um, like with uh, with with most most uh, kids and their parents, um, as you get older, your relationship with your parents end up uh, solidifying. Yeah. You know, because they you see you as now like an equal. Yeah, you don't you as a you know when you're younger you don't think your parents know anything, 
And then as you get older, you're like, crap, they knew everything. Yeah. I should have listened all those times. My thing is different. It's more like, I, I know they knew everything, but it's more like, oh, my parents weren't wild. They weren't crazy. They didn't do crazy shit. And you get older and you start listening to the, the old stories and you start getting your mom to drink some beer with you. Mm. Mom, tell me about that party back in 1999. Mm. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. There was cocaine. What? <laughs> Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. And as a kid, you're like, I thought everybody in the room had a cold. Yeah. You know, everyone's just like, and I'm like, oh, mommy, should we get everybody NyQuil? And my mm -hmm. mom's like, shut up, boy. Mm -hmm. um, and so, it, well, I'm glad you had a good relationship with your dad. Um uh, what are you, uh, like, we can start winding it up because I, mm -hmm. I do want to, you know, spend more time with you here, but I don't want to keep you here all night because you got to be up early for a flight. Um, are there any, um, let me go into my, my Rolodex of the questions we always get asked. Uh, so one of the questions we always get asked here is, are there any kinks, fetishes, uh, sub kinks uh, that you haven't shot yet that you want to try? Um, yes. And what would Quite those be? <laughs> oh, oh, I got to elaborate. Oh, my goodness. You're like, yes, next yes. question. Yeah. Um, um, so, for example, I would like, and, and other producers have, have done variations of this, and they do it really, really well. Um, I would definitely like to do some sort of uh, bondage wrestling scene. Mm -hmm. uh, not, the, not so much the typical... Two people are wrestling each other and they're trying to tie each other up, but more of I'm a, pretty sure Vivi Lane has that shit. Yeah, covered. she's like the, the she queen is of that. The I saw her do that shit live in Germany. Mm -hmm. We were at a, I think, BoundCon. Mm -hmm. I, like, jaw on the floor, yeah. bro. I was like, are you fucking serious? She literally took this girl who was like at least twice her size mm -hmm. and just wore her down. Yeah. Like, the girl was, <gasps> and she's just like tying her. Yeah. <laughs> so, God bless you, Vivi. Yeah. I need to work with her too at some point. But um, more of a um, coming up with like a, a, a scenario, you know, uh, a scene. And as part of the scene, you know, getting, uh, having bondage. So that might be a super superhero, superheroine type of thing. That may be, you know, uh, a robber who, you know, um, surprises the, the, the couple, you know, that, that sort of scenario. Um, We've done a few of those, yeah. but I, I'm so absolutely... Again, not against, mm -hmm. obviously not. I just, I'm so bored by doing mm -hmm. the rigging. Like, if, if I see someone doing mm -hmm. a beautiful tie, it's amazing. But if I have to do it, I'm like, oh God, I will half-ass my way yeah. through all this. But uh, we have shot some some great bonded scenes. Mm -hmm. Like, the hog ties are very popular mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But those are, yeah, those are great. Yeah. They, they'll, they'll definitely uh, sell. Yeah. Uh, anything else at all? Or? Um, like, for me, like, I want to do more underwater stuff. Like, yeah. I did some in the past, mm -hmm. but it looks so cool yeah. that I want to find someone who has, like, a pool in the yeah. summer and, like, get a nice underwater rig yeah, I and do that. stuff like that. Um, would like to do some more, like, oil wrestling. Um, I've done a couple of those. Those mm -hmm. are always really, really fun. I haven't done one yet. I, I've shot girls doing it, but mm -hmm. I haven't been in the pool. That's Faith, that, we got to do male versus female oil wrestling, boo. It's like a, <laughs> I said we gotta do more female versus male oil wrestling. We haven't done any. I know. Sorry, by more I mean we have to do. We're do that for sessions, but no one wants to film it. Yeah, we should do one on your on your pool. Uh, she she actually brought the yeah. pool. She brought the whole concept to me. She's yeah. like, I'm gonna do oil wrestling. I'm gonna piggyback on that shit. If we do the first one for FFP, I'm game. All right. <laughs> She's, I just got the hammer thrown down. I have to do it the first one for her. Uh, I think it would be kind of sexy, like just to be slippery and like, you yeah, know, get, yeah, that would be kind of awesome. Yeah, it's definitely fun. Uh, things like that. I'm, uh, 
probably a couple of others that I kind of have some ideas roaming in my head. I'm not going to say it yet, but... Oh, you probably, don't want to give away all your don't give, yeah. I get you. But you'll... you'll if I can find the right model, mm-hmm. you will you will see it. Okay, <laughs> that's badass. Um, I yeah, there's lots of little things out there I want to try. I, I wish, oh, man, my friend Gary who does giant test stuff, he started doing giant test wrestling. Not a lot of it. He did a couple of things where two women are like fighting over like while they're in a city and they're like helicopters. Yeah, kind of like I was like, that's amazing. Kind of like Godzilla versus Mothra. Yes, yeah. except they're. If they were fuckable. Yeah. <laughs> Although some people are like, yo, man, Godzilla's fuckable, man. I don't care what you think. Uh, I'm sure there's a lizard sex fetish out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, or, or what do they call it? A kaiju fucking fetish? Um, and um, um, I, I keep thinking of my friend Takaiji, who's six foot five, and she would be like, oh, yeah, well, I don't, I don't have that. I have to go to a shoe store that has shoes in, the si- in kaiju size. And I, I always love that. Um, uh, yeah, uh, so are there, well, no, that was actually probably one of my final questions. Oh, no, actually, no. Second question that we get asked, especially for producers, what are your biggest pet peeves, what are your biggest pet peeves when it comes to interacting with clients, when it comes to interacting with certain models or certain customers? Are there things that always bug you? Um, no naming, names, okay. obviously, but. Uh, first of all, we could do an entire podcast of, <laughs> of pet peeves, um, <laughs> So I'm going to just... That is pet peeves coming yeah. next month. I would say um, there's probably two things I would say about, um, about customers. Um, uh, number one is um, the time waster. Um, so oh, this is the fucking God. The, the person who is writing you because they want a custom. Yep. And they, they, they don't give you very much detail about what they want. Just... How much is a custom? Right. That's well, how it always starts with that. What do you want to see? How much is something with two girls for 15 minutes? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, after multiple communications where you finally get an idea of who they want, what they want it done, you know, uh, et cetera, and so on, you give them the quote. And they go quiet. And they go quiet. Yeah. Like, you can just say, hey, no, thank yeah, you. I can't afford it, yeah. uh, et cetera. And, but they just go quiet. Nothing. And it's like, great. Um, I, I go through that. I try to get into to negotiate. I'll kind of highball a little bit mm-hmm. where I'm like, hey, look, this is how much they're going to get paid. Um, however, I do want to charge this fee for you know, editing, choreography, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But if it's, if it's a script that I know is going to do well, mm-hmm. and they're like, I can't afford that, I'll go like, okay, you know what? I'll waive my fee. Because if I feel like your custom is good enough where I know it's going to sell well, I'll just waive my fee. I'll, I'll waive my editor fee. If need be, I'll weigh my choreography fee and directing fee, like all the stuff like that, which isn't a whole lot. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to make it sound like I'm putting all these, but it's like, as a producer, you feel like, yeah, I should get paid for this too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're in the room, yeah. you're, you're working, yeah. you're setting up lights, yeah. you're in there making sure that the, the angles are good. Yeah. You're breaking your back and your camera down low when yeah, it needs to be down exactly. low. You should get paid as yeah. well. Um, and most of the time the guys are like, oh, thank you. Thank you for, for the discount. Okay. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll think about it, but at least they'll write you the fuck back. Yeah. It's when they just go away. Yeah. And what do you think? Why do you think they do that? Do you think it's more like a lip service thing? Like they're just like, oh my God, if this guy tells me what it feels like to be in between so-and-so's legs, I can just come real quick and be done with it. Uh, I think it's a combination of both. Um, I definitely think that... Lip service. I think that the the multiple emails, they are using those to get themselves aroused. Sure. Um, but I think that I think that they're just shocked at how much uh, a custom costs. I think they're, 
I think in, in their mind, they think that, you know... We're paying them pennies? Yeah, I think that in their mind, it's like, you know, $50 for each girl <laughs> for... For a 20-minute clip. For two hours worth of filming, yeah. and your editing should be free, your choreography should be free, the, the uh, you know, the setting uh, that you have to rent out, that should be, you know, and they just... Like maybe not have a, a real concept of what, what how much it really costs to put uh, a video together. Um, and then my second pet peeve about uh, customers is not every idea that you tell me is a good idea. <laughs> what, uh, give me an example. Um, you know, I, you know what you should do. You should do a video where. Um, where oh. JB gets punched in the face, but it's, he's really punched in the face and blood is dripping. And I guarantee you that'll sell a million copies. And I'm like, no, Okay, no. okay, I see what you mean. Yeah. I, I thought you meant during a custom process. Oh. You, you, I'm talking, yes, uh, you're referring to what, we don't have a name for it, but I, I like to call it like the, uh, I'm giving you this amazing idea for free. Yeah. Which is, I love that shit. It was like, yo, man, I'm going to pitch you this. And you know what? Just take it. Yeah. I'm not going to charge you for yeah. it. So that way, when you produce it, I get to buy the video for 19 bucks yeah. instead of like paying, you know, my yeah. usual rate for the. I, mm -hmm. I'm always so amused by that. Yeah. And 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 some of them actually have okay ideas. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's a nice idea, but you still got to pay me, bro. Yeah. No, I guarantee you it'll sell. <laughs> you guarantee me that? Will you put up the money? Then if it no, doesn't man, you, gotta be pay you should be paying me for this mm -hmm. gold yeah. that's coming out of my mouth yeah. right now. Like, you getting punched in the face and bleeding for real for yeah. 30 minutes? Come on. Who else would have thought of that? Yeah. And um, in terms of models, I don't really have a lot of, uh, of pet peeves uh, about models. Probably they're just minor things like, um, you know, try to show up on time. I know we... We all can't sure, sure. always, but if you know, if, if I've got a set and I've got three other girls waiting and someone's late, that's kind of. And, and I understand that delays can happen, but you know, we should really try really hard. To I feel the same way. I feel like most of the women I've worked with and, and men too, I've, I've been really professional yeah. and really, really amazing. The only time I, I think my biggest pet peeve was like, just don't show up. Um, on a substance. Yeah. You know, like I, I once worked with a girl who showed up and I could smell the vodka. Like, I mean, she, I think she had a sippy cup that was supposed to be like, like water or mm -hmm. it might have even been like a Chick fil A cup or something oh, like that. Uh, but you could tell that what she was sipping out of that cup was not Chick fil A. Wow. You know, fucking, yeah. it wasn't Pepsi. It was, yeah. it was like vodka. And I just kind of had to stop the shoot. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah. well, you know, there's another girl who came here once who was on something that was way stronger. And I said, like, I said, we have to cancel everything today. Yeah. Well, why? And I'm like, because you're on something that if you pull a move off incorrectly, not only could you injure yourself, but you could injure your partner. Yeah. And I can't have that. Yeah. And so that's the only really big, I think, model-based pet peeve is, and it's only happened, I mean, I've been doing it for a while. Yeah. You know, twice. Where yeah. I'm just like, hey, maybe next time, just, if you're going to have a couple of drinks, maybe let's wait a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, any well, I guess that's it for the for the for the fans. I mean, honestly, our fans have been so absolutely amazing and supportive. I, I you know, with the exception of what you talked about, where yeah, there are the, there's the time wasters. Uh, there's the guys who will out of the blue write you and tell you that what you're doing sucks because it doesn't fit what they want yeah, you to do. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, you should be doing more cat fights. What's yeah. this male versus female yeah. wrestling shit? 
Um, I guess, uh, what's a good parting question? Um, you know what? I'm going to feed my own ego tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't get to meet a lot of producers who have been watching my stuff since, since I started. Uh, what was your impression of what we were doing when you first saw it? Because I, I always like to hear or see it through the eyes of someone who stumbled across it for the first time. Um, so when I first saw your, uh, your material, um, I just thought that it was, it was unique. It was like, it was the only real one that I can remember that had the male defeating the female. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that genre is still like unique. There's only a handful of producers who produce that. True. Um, and or who do it well, yeah. I guess you could say, yeah. And then I look and kind of, I think about um, the other kind of big thing I remember about watching your stuff, even your earlier stuff, is you had a really, you had a, a, a roster mm. of talent, um, which is not easy to achieve when you first start. And I definitely found that out when I first first started. We got very lucky. Yeah, I mean, to have, if, if you're a producer starting out and you can get two or three girls, you're doing, you're great. doing great. But if you get like five, six, seven, then you have this huge variety of matches that you can just do amongst amongst those. Uh, we talent. we always wanted to do that. I, I think the thing that I I'm so thankful that I didn't fall prey to was the male conceit of like all my women have to look a certain way. Yeah, I never understood that. I'm just like all everyone's beautiful. Everyone has the potential to be beautiful if they're good people. And we would. I mean, one of my favorite wrestlers that I worked with. Just I remember I met her at a club. A beautiful girl. Uh, my friend uh, Eliza, who was a wrestler for us, she was like, I have a friend who wants to to to, um, to debut for us, and, and she brings this girl over who's this curvy, beautiful... I want BBW... How would you classify BBW? Is it... Because I, I, I don't... So BBW is, is just, just a bigger girl. It doesn't have to necessarily be obese. It's just a bigger girl. So a, a bigger girl shows up, and she has the face of an angel and just a smile, and I'm like, would you like to work for me? And she's like, excuse me? And I was like, what's your name? She's like, my name is Bridget. And I said, like, um, you're gorgeous. Like, I would love to have you. And she was so shocked to be called that at the, at the time. I guess she was just like, oh, you think I'm pretty? I'm like, yeah, you're fucking gorgeous. You're beautiful. She had this, like, glow. And we, uh, we shot with her several times. And she just, I mean, she just popped. And to me, like, I, I never, the idea of discriminating against a model because, oh, too many tattoos. Or she's too gothy, or she's too, you know, black dyed hair, you know, body modifications, uh, too big, too small, too short, too tall. Like, no, man, I always like the idea of having that much variety. Yeah. And I think that's what... And that'll expand your customer base. Because yeah. there are some customers who want a smaller girl, some customers want a bigger girl, mm -hmm. uh, some customers want a goth appearing uh, How are you supposed to do a tall versus small custom if you don't have tall, ver you know, right. a tall versus small? If right. you don't have a Takaiji versus Sparrow, right. you know, um, and in your case, you know, Betty Brickhouse versus right. you and another girl right. where she's picking you up over her fucking shoulders. Yeah. That's an amazing uh, uh, dynamic. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I have to pee, guys, so I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, JB, let's go ahead and plug your stuff so we can find you at curvygirlwrestling.com. Curvygirlwrestling.com. Uh, what's your other uh, Twitter or anything like that? So it's uh, at curvygirlwrestle, uh, but the wrestle W-R-E-S-T-L. W-R-S-T-L, yep. Yeah. Um, also, uh, 
I have a clips for sale store. Uh-huh. So, do you remember the number at all? <laughs> uh, 52581. Woo! I'm always impressed. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, we are at skwppb.com uh, for our pay site, uh, Super Kids World, oh, sorry, pay per view, superkidsworld.com for our free stuff, and we have sensuallysavageproductions.com for our sensual stuff. And then Danny uh, doesn't have his own website yet, but we do have a Gumroad, um, which you can find through our Twitter page at. Twitter.com forward slash dprods, D-P-R-O-D-S, and you will find a match with me versus this gentleman right here where he beats the ever-loving shit out of me, which, uh, considering your win record, is quite a feat. (laughs) I am quite proud of this victory. (laughs) You had such a look on your face. I think Faith was like, I think he's happy that he got to beat up on Sleeper Kid. I'm like, yeah, I would be happy too, shit. This is great. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming. We can't wait for you to make your second visit. And, I appreciate uh, it. And we'll try to get up to Chicago and see you up there too. Thank you. Uh, and I got some friends that I'm going to hopefully refer your way up there. But for now, everyone, good night. Thank you so much. And uh, we will see you next time here at Wrestling with Fetish. Say good night. Good night. Thank right. you very much. Bye. Bye.